Right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fans and Questions, uh, the podcast where the Faith family tries to answer questions about life. Uh, my name is Josh, and as the title suggests, I'm joined by my family. Uh, a little bit about myself. I recently graduate, graduated with a degree in biomedical engineering, and I think I know everything. Turns out I don't, and that's why I've got my family here to help me answer all the questions that I have about life. Uh, joining me on this episode are my lovely parents, my mom and dad, and I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm mom, and hopefully I have the answers to your life questions. After numerous decades, I should have some answers. I'm dad. I'm 49. Uh, let's see, I'm well-traveled, and I do know the answers to all questions. <laughs> and if I don't know them, I make it up as if I do. Good to know. So we have two know-it-alls on the podcast, so that's good. That'll be good for mom to try and balance. <laughs> All right, so uh, first question that I have for you guys, um, and I'm sure it's a question that a lot of people have, um, but what is a deductible? Because that's something that an engineering degree just does not teach you. So like as in an insurance deductible? Yeah, insurance or, yeah, for healthcare, that sort of stuff. So you have an insurance policy, say with insurance or with health insurance, and it's an eighty twenty. So you're going to pay twenty percent. The insurance or your insurance will pay eighty percent, but you have to meet a a certain threshold or deductible before that kicks in. So you're responsible for say five hundred dollars first up, and then your insurance kicks in the split with you. So it depends. So like say on a car insurance, you have a $1,500 deductible. So you get in an accident, you're paying $1,500 for damages or whatever before the insurance company kicks in and starts paying for the okay. damage. So it's kind of like a down payment, like on your, like for your health, kind of. It's like you get injured and you're given a bill and your insurance says you're deductible or how much you have to kick in first is, you know, this amount before we'll pay our percentage of it. It is, yeah, it's an amount that you agree on with your insurance company, uh, which you usually don't, with in, health insurance particularly, you don't get a say. You can get to choose how much your deductible is when you choose your policy. Um so it's an amount that you have, you have agreed to pay up front first and foremost before the insurance company has to start paying their share, be it for health insurance, car insurance, or anything else. So basically, it is, yes, it's an amount of money, not, not like a down payment, but it's an amount of money that you have agreed to pay before the insurance company has to start paying their share, bearing in mind that if you choose to have a lower deductible, so if you choose to say, I'm, I'm willing to pay $500 out of my own pocket before I'm going to ask you to pay your, your percentage of what you've insured me for, then your premium, which is what you pay every month or every year for your insurance, will be higher. If you choose a higher deductible, so you say, I'm willing to pay $1,500 or $2,000 before the insurance company has to kick in, then your premium that you pay them for that insurance will be low. Okay. I get you. So, 
So it's right. a, you've got to trade off in terms of you when you make your decisions on insurance, you have to decide, do I think I'm going to need it? Am I going to use it? And if the answer is no, you're probably better off going for a higher deductible because what you pay the insurance company on a monthly, six monthly or yearly basis will be less. Homeowner's insurance, depending on how your loan, your insurance is set up, you have no choice. It is a set amount that you're going to have to pay up front. And then it's whatever the split is from there. Okay. That answered my next question of is it better to have a higher or a lower deductible? It depends on your yeah. situation. Totally, it sense. totally depends. Like if you're, um, if you're kind of, well, like us and not like the average American um, and you eat right and you're healthy and you don't go to the doctor and you're not taking prescription medication, then we have a high deductible on our medical insurance because we only use it in case we get into an emergency situation and need hospital care. We're willing to pay the higher deductible, so which means we pay out of pocket to go to a doctor if we have to go to a doctor. Um, we're willing to pay that out of pocket because we only go maybe once or twice a year. Uh, now, if someone's visiting their doctor every second week for something, then they're probably going to have a lower deductible because they want the insurance company to pay uh, a lot sooner than what we would. So uh, it just depends on your situation. If you know that you're a defensive driver and you always looking and you're not going to get into an accident, and, you know, per se, on that's your fault, um, and you're very cautious in how you drive, then you can have a higher deductible. You know, it's how much it's, I, I guess the easiest way to explain it is it's how much risk you're willing to take on yourself. One other thing to note on medical insurance. So you have your medical insurance through your company you work for or whatever. And depending on what you are, say you're like dad and I, we have a fairly high deductible because we don't use it a lot. So anytime we have to go for a medical what we're paying is coming off of the deductible and they're keeping a running tally of that until you hit that amount and then it ticks. So what a lot of people will do is they'll take a look at that and go, Ooh, I, I haven't hit my deductible yet. I'm going to need some surgery, but I can hold off. And we have like, if they have a family with kids or whatever, they'll do that after they've hit their deductible. So it's not costing them out of pocket that much if it's a big procedure or something like that that comes up. So it's kind of a balancing act on that. Um, yeah. So usually family plans are like seven grand for a family, but each person is broken down and it doesn't matter if, say a family of five there's one child that is sick quite a bit and has to go in and breaks arms and needs stitches um and that kind of stuff yours that, truly right here i've needed multiple stitches growing <laughs> up um that that individual will help the group hit that deductible sooner oh, okay it weighs it out and kind of breaks it out 
some people it matters. We just, I mean, in an 80-20 split with an insurance company more is a rarity. So it's, it's always look at it and look for the best deal possible. And, and look to where it's going to benefit you and also fit your lifestyle. Don't leave yourself short, especially on car insurance, home insurance, or um, even medical, because you're trying to save money. It'll cost you more in the long run if an emergency were to happen. I hope that was helpful. That was helpful. I had no idea about that. Nobody ever told me anything about that. Just said, hey, you need insurance and you're about that age. <laughs> Sorry, that's, you know, we figured you knew what it was. We talked about it a lot. It's a big talk word. About it. it just all went over my head as a, as a young kid. I had no idea what was happening. Welcome was, to adulthood. <laughs> yeah. All I knew was I was hurt and I needed some help. And you guys were the ones with the money. <laughs> <laughs> What other questions you got today? Uh, well, one, uh, we had a question that we had that was written in. If you can believe it, we got a write-in question before the first ever episode. That's awesome. Which is pretty exciting. Um, but that question is, does your past control you? If you let it. Yeah. Um, my opinion on this is, to a certain extent, it does. Um, but we do all have our own free will and we're free to make choices um but your past does influence your choices up to a point or i guess what choices that you see that are available to you at the time if that makes sense your past colors how you see things right and how you react if you don't like how you see things or how you react then it's a conscious conscious decision and action to change how you view that and change your response. But your past shapes who you are and your view and experiences on things. So your view on marriage is different than most people um, because of the environment you were raised in. Your view on acceptance of all people is totally different from the average person in your age because we were like nope this is everybody's the same it doesn't matter judge on the character and how they treat you not the color so it it does affect you i have stuff from my past that affects me and i have to work on changing that because i don't like the result of it i mean for for a little bit of context would either of you be willing to talk like just in general about kind of your upbringing like you both grew up on farms for example um not in the city i Um, yeah i i don't think your past controls your present life i think you can use your past to shape your present and future life um i grew up in a house that was uh you know in today's standards i'd probably be have taken away from my parents and put in foster care um because Same by here. today's standards they would have considered it child abuse we just call it raising kids in the 70s and 80s um right off the floor <laughs> you know uh, but 
you know, I, I mean, and I, I can speak from my family's general perspective. I've got siblings who have allowed that situation to constantly come back and keep them down, and they want to, they want to constantly blame the way that they were raised as to why they've not done anything with their life. No, the reason you've not done anything with your life is because you failed to make the correct decisions. And if you don't like where you are, blame the person you see in the mirror. Um, everybody has the right to define their own life. The problem is everyone wants to abdicate that right to the government, to society, to someone else. And when it doesn't go the way they uh, want it to go, they then want to be able to blame someone else. That's why they abdicate the, the decisions for their life. Your, part, the, your past doesn't have to control your life. And you and I have spoken quite a, a bit about this um, and even uh, others that I've spoken to. And I keep coming back to it. And that's uh, the Navy SEAL David Goggins. Goggins could have let his past and his life control who he was. Uh, he was raised in an abusive household. His dad was uh, abusive to his mom. Um, you know, at uh, 300 pounds and spraying for cockroaches, as he said, he sat down one day and decided he was going to change his life. And he became a Navy SEAL. He's the only military person that's done SEAL training, Ranger training, and Special Force Air Force training. Um, he's the only one that's gone through all of those, not because his past controlled his life. He used his past and his past suffering as motivation to move him ahead. Right. And his story is a, is a very powerful kind of example of someone just taking a good hard look at themselves and not liking where they're at and deciding to do something about it. Right. Instead, instead of just wallowing in self-pity or blaming anybody else, um, decided to, you know, get up off the couch, get, you know, and peak physical, mental, you know, emotional condition. And just... That's the thing with um, a lot of, a lot of young people, generations today is they don't want to do that work of really stopping and taking that hard look at themselves and going, mm, I don't like that. I need to change that. And that it, it takes work. It's a habit. You have to break that habit and it's, it's never finished. Even at your father and I's age, we're not done changing. We're not done growing. We're not done facing our demons and changing how we, how our past has shaped us and trying to be better. It's an ongoing process, but you have to be willing to take a look back and look at the good, bad, and the ugly. And it's the it's the bad and the ugly part that stops so many people. Um, and I, I like to think like, when I saw this question, I, I thought about kind of where I ended up and where my older brother and older sister ended up, um, and <laughs> how we're kind of how we process. Um, different things, how we re react to different situations. Um, like, for example, Ben, um, he's he's still a little immature, but he, he learns, takes his time when he learns things. Um, kind of has to learn them the hard way. He loves learning <laughs> the hard way. 
oh, he's a hard knock life kid. <laughs> <laughs> and and sis, I, I just got off the phone with her before recording this, and she's got her own her own she's world. Her own drum. <laughs> she is her own person. Mm-hmm. Um, she is. Cool. I, I can't wait for her to be on an episode. Yeah, actually, she brings. There will be nothing in that episode usable. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I have to edit the whole thing. It's going to be the intro, and that's going to be it. <laughs> yeah, that'll be one big beat. Well, <laughs> you you each, the three of you, are um, prime examples of how your past has shaped you, how you used it, how it has affected you. Um, you guys all had pretty much the same experiences. We did not coddle or we tried not to. Um, <laughs> just remember, if you ever are handed a chocolate chip cookie, you have to spill the beans. <laughs> yeah, I was bribed as a child with chocolate chip cookies in exchange for... <laughs> Encouraging you to use your words. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is, you know, because even in the same household with the same thing, and your personalities and the way you processed information, the way you um, reacted to things shaped who you were and each of you have your own way. I mean, your older siblings, one's one extreme, one's the other. And I thought, oh, I've got one of each. So now I'll have two of one and, and one of the other. And no, you went off on a different direction on your own. <laughs> so it's... Uh, you know, it's a great example to see that, yeah, your perspective of your upbringing affects you. Mm-hmm. I mean, for sure. my my perspective on my upbringing differs from my sibling, and and the way we dealt with things and and who we are as as adults are polar opposite. Mm, yeah, you know? very true. I just I think that this. Uh, you know, from my perspective now, as I, as I sit and look out, you know, I'm about two thirds of the way through my life. Uh, you know, given that I may live to be 80. Not, not with your health. You, you're going to live longer than the queen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as I look, uh, uh, you know, as I look particularly at your generation and even now with the kids coming into the college, uh, you know, not you because you weren't raised this way. Um, we taught you to stand on your own two feet. But the majority of the majority of your generation and around your age, I'd say from probably, you know, uh, 19 through that 27, 28 mark, uh, they're snowflakes. They, they, they're just snowflakes. They're, they're, they're tiny little people that want someone else to blame for their problems, and it's always their parents, yet they always want to run back to their parents for money um, when things goes wrong. But... Uh, you know, do I blame your generation for that? I don't, actually. I blame the parents. Uh, the parents gave them everything they wanted from the time they could talk. And we never taught them 
uh, again, you guys are different, but we never taught that generation to stand on their own two feet, you know? And uh, so you're, you know, people's pasts do not have to control them. But as a society, particularly in this country, as a society, we have taught people to let their past control them so that they always have someone to blame. This is a country that loves to play the victim card. I mean, if you can play the victim card, you will make it in this country. You know, I mean, for God's sake, look at the current mess that we've got up in Washington. And I'm not even talking about Democrats or Republicans or anything like that. Look at uh, Cohen, the lawyer that just got, you know, wrote a book about his uh, escapades with the president. He played the freaking victim. He didn't give a mm. crap while he was taking the president's money to be his fixer. But when it got hung on him for breaking the law, he's suddenly a freaking victim. You know, right, uh, no, right. dude. no, but, you know, he's he's another one. He's going to play the victim card. He's going to blame someone else. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize I was going to get in trouble. Yes, you did. You're a lawyer. <laughs> uh, you knew what you were doing was wrong. <laughs> uh, you were just hoping you wouldn't get caught or called on the carpet. You know, um, so, yeah, I, I mean, to me. The biggest problem we have, particularly in society now, is we're not teaching people how to think for themselves. We're not teaching people to question things, legitimately question things. I'm not talking about going and burning people's businesses down. That's not questioning things. That's terroristic threatening. That's um, I'm talking about legitimately question what's presented to you. Um, and see if it's right for you, you yeah, know, that's one of the things I've, I've noticed at work is some, of, a lot of the trainings that we have to do, they try and hammer in. They're like, always, you know, question, like legitimately question everything that you're being told to do. And then number two, like if you get caught doing something like, God forbid, like take blame take the blame for like own up fess up um to your problems and it, it's really funny or not funny but odd that you know uh people in charge of the training are the ones telling the employees this rather than them having like learned it from their family growing up that you know just take the blame for something own your mistakes and move on well we don't teach that anymore family right. like the parents that I'm talking about, are the, they should have taught their kids, but it was never taught them. They never had right. to own up. And you see that a lot, particularly, um, and I'll paint with a very broad brush, so don't anyone get offended if you belong to one of these. Uh, <laughs> but you see that in sororities and fraternities a lot. They come from a certain socioeconomic level because they can afford to be in those uh, little clubs and they can afford to have their little meetings at night um, in the daytime when Batman's not around. Uh, uh, but if they get in trouble because they come from a certain socioeconomic level, their daddy can bail them out or their mummy can bail them out. 
and they're not taught to take responsibility for what they did. Yeah, and that, that's something that I saw a lot um, when I was in university, um, and I and I was an RA in one of the buildings, a resident assistant, if you don't know what that is. Um, but you know, these kids would would they would get in trouble, and then the first phone call that they made uh, would be, you know, back home to to mommy and daddy, and they'd be like, "Hey, you know, I'm in trouble. Like, I, like, just you know." Help me, like, get me out of this situation. And I got caught smoking pot in the dorm room. I was hot boxing. That happened so many times. I, oh. Which, where you went yeah. to school, it's still illegal. Yep. Yeah, still illegal. <laughs> well, and that's that's the thing. Like, uh, you guys were raised differently. Like, you, you could call home. We never said you couldn't call home. Go ahead. Call home. Let us know what's going on. Because it would always play better. Mm -hmm. Um, but that didn't mean that you had to, we, that we would, uh, take over and bail you out. You still had to be responsible for what happened. Um, you know, I can remember a couple of times, uh, either of your siblings having to call and it was like, mm, yeah, that's nice. But what's, what's that to do with me? You're going to have to own that. And and what that that reminds me, um, you mentioned David Goggins earlier with Navy SEAL training, and there's there's a great documentary on YouTube about um, a buds class two thirty four. Right. Um, one of the instructors in there, um, the the class is going through an evolution, and this candidate in the on the team um, kept saying like, oh, like I don't feel good, I don't feel good. Um, to the instructor and the instructor just looks at him and says well what do you want me to do rub your belly <laughs> right. what, what does that have to do with me like well i mean we we taught you guys early on you know rub some dirt in it suck it up buttercup i mean the the cuts and scrapes you guys would, would get i finally got tired of the amount of bandages i was buying and i didn't have stock in johnson and johnson so I was like, no, I mean, the three of you were wild and you were so close in age. And, and I said, I remember telling you, don't come in and get something to put on it unless the blood is spurting at the same rate as your heartbeat out of the wound. Wash it off, pat it dry, get back out there. I don't want to hear about my bone hurts or this hurts unless it's sticking out. Well, you guys broke enough bones that we knew when it was broken, it didn't have to be sticking out, but <laughs> you know, and it, it, it's the same way that we got tired of trying to figure out who did what and who was the cause or the instigator of whatever incident was, was then causing the ruckus in the house that we instituted the three musketeer rule. One for all, all for one. So somebody better own up or everybody's getting punished and i knew who if nobody owned up i knew who it was because you other two about killed the other one i mean you could tell every time every single time oh that made me mad when one of the other two just wouldn't fess like wouldn't take the blame for what they did and i was like i'm getting punished for this right now like this is complete crap <laughs> but you guys so sorted upset. it out and you learned, you know what, it's better to take the punishment from mom 
and her losing it in the Southern accent coming out, then having to be, you know, have the same punishment, and then you're going to ready to kill your siblings. I mean, it's quicker and easier to own it, deal with it like an adult, fix the problem. And I have those issues at work. I make mistakes. And this week was a prime example. I totally missed something. And it ended up being almost two days late because of other issues I was dealing with. And I just, I sent the email, Hey guys, sorry, I dropped the ball. It's my fault. No excuses. We're ready to go with this. You know, we'll make it happen. And it was fine. I never heard anything else about it. Everybody else was like, don't worry about it. I mean, we have, and I'm like, no, I do worry about it. But if you own your mistakes and fix them immediately, the results are better than denying that you did it and trying to cover it up because mm -hmm. then people lose trust with you and you will not get far. You may think you'll get far in the business world, but in the end, you really won't. Yeah. And that, that's something I learned growing up and that's uh, affected kind of the, the way I think about things now is whenever I find myself in a subpar situation, um, you, <laughs> my, my thought process always goes uh, along the lines of, okay, I can't change that. I'm in this situation now, but I need to, you know, list all my options and see what I can do to make the most of it going forward. Um, try and make this an, into an opportunity um, somehow, um, which which is I found been very helpful for me. Um, right. Yeah, but I think that came from the fact that for the longest time, when you guys would were growing up, and you would do something that was out of the rules, we didn't necessarily just immediately set about to institute punishment we would uh actually come to you and say what do you think your punishment should be for this uh <laughs> oh that was the worst that was that was worse than being punished immediately oh because in, in a little kid's mind you're, you're making this deal you're like oh it's going to be like spanking you can't say too few Otherwise, you know, mom and dad would be like, okay, double that. <laughs> or or you don't want to go, you know, too high to where they're like, okay, I was only going to do like 10, but you said like 25. So I guess we're doing 25. That, you know, you no. Know, and yeah, and that, that is entirely fabricated right there, the numbers. But it's kind of the, the thought process that I remember thinking that exact thing. Well, oh, choosing your own punishment is the worst. <laughs> it's, but it was what it was, was it was training for, okay, I mean, as you so eloquently put it, a subpar situation. <laughs> so now you have to figure out how to make that into an opportunity. Um, and, right. that, you know, the one thing I think you guys never realized, even though your mother pretty much basically told you, is kind of like the uh, the Thor movie in the origin in the original Thor movie, where um, uh, his mother goes, "Your father always has a reason for what he does." Yeah, some some lessons take uh, take a bit longer to to sink in, <laughs> even though they're right there in front of you. Right, 
but and that's what I'm saying. Like there's all those things that we didn't. I mean, we didn't. We had kids young. We were in our early twenties when we started having kids. Uh, and you know, you know, from being around, we don't recommend that for anybody. But no, uh, I, I am in my early twenties now, and I do not think I am ready at all for a child. <laughs> yeah, it's grow up now, and not we later. we had uh, by the you know by the three within four years. Three within four years. By the time I was twenty-seven, I had three kids, uh, along with everything else that I was doing in life. But uh, we we tried to instill in each and every one of you that you can determine your own fate. And just because something negative appears to have happened to you, that does not have to shape who you are or who you will be. One of the things we did as well, and I don't know if you guys ever really picked up on it, um, but it was, something that happened to both of us in our past and our upbringing and we we wanted to be different with our kids when we made a mistake we came to you and we said i'm sorry i made a mistake i didn't get all of the information you know this is we explained what happened and we apologized to you guys we tried to we probably told you and kept you in the loop on more things than most kids in their whole lifetime know about their parents or what's going on in the family dynamics or outside of it causing stress within it or whatever. But we wanted you to be informed. We wanted you to understand what was happening. And we wanted you to know that it's okay to say you're sorry and it's okay to admit you've made a mistake and to go back and fix it. And that that was one thing I, re I really appreciated growing up is that you guys would come to us. So like if you only had half of, you know, the evidence for somebody breaking the rules and you punished the wrong person, you would say, you know what, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, which I saw like some of my friends didn't get that, you know, growing up and they, they grew up to resent their parents a little bit. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, we don't have that kind of a relationship now that I'm older. Um, but Dad, I want to I go back to something that you said that you instilled in us that we can choose our own fate and that something bad doesn't have to influence like who we're going to be. Um, so just recently with myself, I kind of missed out on a job opportunity because um, my leg was injured. Um, kind of bad. I got a stress fracture in my femur um, and I was very upset um, for a while, still kind of upset about it, um, that I missed out kind of on, on my dream job for a little while. But, um, I remember calling you and you said something very, very similar on the phone. Um, and that, that really kind of broke me out of, of that rut and the hole I was digging myself into the, that bad headspace of like, Oh, this is, you know, the, the end. I, I don't like, I'm helpless now. Like what do I do? I could choose what to do next and to make sure that my next move was the best move. Um, right. And I didn't think about it in like a terrible or depressed kind of way. We try, well, with everyone that we, we encounter, um, 
And I've probably been remiss in that I've probably done it a little more outside of you guys than I should than with you guys, I guess. And until recently, it, it's always been to move a person forward. Um, like I can, it, it, when you called me, I could have sat there and I could have said, yeah, man, that's terrible. And yeah, yeah, it's the crap and oh my God. And, uh, you know, and had a pity party with you. Um, and all I would have done is solidify in your brain that life sucks and you've got it hard. Um, and how terrible it is and, you know, how, you know, the universe was conspiring against you. Um, and it's obviously because Thanos had the friggin' stones, the infinity stones, and it come down and take <laughs> things away from you. So, uh, your dream job, goodbye. Yeah, gone. <laughs> Just gone with a click of his finger. He'd been sent to an alternate reality and you didn't even know it. Um, you know, you know, or I can look at that point in time and go, you know, yeah, it sucks, but it doesn't have to stop your next move. Um, and there's a big difference. Look, there's a big difference. Uh, and, and just between you guys, because your brother went through a similar thing where he missed out on a job that he wanted. Um, and he was really bummed about it. And he called me and I said the exact same thing. This does not have to determine your future. You can change your situation. You've just got to change your attitude. He did. Now he has harder. And so now he's got a little bit harder road to hoe because he dug himself a pretty freaking generous hole. You know, and you learn that, look, you learn that stuff going through life and, and, and getting knocked around, you know. And I think one of my greatest, one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard and it stuck with me for a long while. I still replayed in my head uh, to this day. Believe it or not, is from a Rocky movie where he's looking at his son and he's, he's like, it's not how hard you can hit, it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. You know, and, and, and it's, it's that kind of stuff. Like life's going to kick you in the teeth. I mean, it is going to, if you, if you let life, it will grind you up and it will spit you out and you can become another statistic sucking your thumb on the side of life going, everyone's a good thing. Well, at that, yeah, at that point in time, you're right. Um, or you can take the hit and learn from it and decide, you know, from here on out, I'm going to determine my own fate. And honestly, you, there's a lot of people that boo-hoo current technology and it's the devil and it's the worst thing that ever happened. And, you know, they, they carry on about it. And to, to an extent, yes, yeah, some of the technology we have isn't necessarily the greatest. Look at Facebook. Uh, well, you know, I mean, when people spy on you without your knowledge, that's not really good. Um, but a lot of technology is great. Like 
if someone really wants to change their life and not let their past determine their current or future situation, if you spend just a little bit of time, and I'm not talking a whole, like you get in a, in a 20, if you put 24 hours and went to YouTube and spent 24 hours combing through YouTube videos on how to get ahead in life, how to make it in life, and, and that kind of stuff, you will, you can come across the genuine, not the fake guys. All right. Not the ones that are out there trying to sell you something, take your money just to ingratiate themselves. But I'm talking about genuine people that have done videos that are there to help you. Um, you know, like Goggins has got a lot of stuff on YouTube. Uh, uh, you know, Saad Guru's got a lot of stuff that's beneficial on YouTube. Uh, 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 Vaynerchuk's got a lot of stuff out on YouTube that's really good. Um, you know, there's a bunch of those guys that you can go and grab a hold of uh, and just just watch them. You know, and, and you're not necessarily going to agree with all of what they say, but there's enough decent stuff in there that you can use that to change who you are at the core and bring yourself to a better place in life. The, the other thing along that same vein of what your father is saying about, you know, you've got to do the work. You've got to find that yeah. that's going to work for you. Here's the other thing. And I've told you guys this in different scenarios, especially in your relationships, your, your relationship with your significant other or with yourself that's who it's with. It's not with society and it's not with culture. So whatever society and culture is saying is normal may not work for you. Right. So if it's not working for you, it's not right for you. So you have to find those things that resonate with you. And that's all that matters because that's, your relationship, your relationship with you, you have to nurture that. You have to grow that. You have to have that interself perspective and you have to reflect on things. That relationship you have with your SO, that's between the two of you, not anybody else. And it may look different to the outside world, but screw that. If it's working for the two of you, then it's working. It's great. And you have to be true to yourself and, and what resonates within that relationship. The minute you try to do what society, culture, social media says is normal, that's when a lot of people end up in trouble is because it doesn't feel right to them and they're fighting against their nature and who they want to be to fit in. And you don't need to fit in. You need to have that inner strength to be your own person. Don't be a sheep. Be the sheep dog. Absolutely. Because you can tell them where to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, and, and I tried to drill that into you guys. I still tell you guys that each of you individually, when I speak to you, you have to do what's best for you. And, um, you know, so, so what? It looks different. I mean, and the big thing is our family looks traditional from the outside, but 
you can attest that we're not a traditional normal family. No, definitely works, not. But it works <laughs> for us. And so, and, and you know, when I say family, I mean the five of us. That's a whole other conversation beyond that. <laughs> that is the family right there. La familia. <laughs> familia. So, I mean, we've been going 45 minutes. I don't know if you want to wrap this up or if you want to keep going and then make it into two or how do you want to do No, I think 45 minutes is pretty good. I was pretty about long. to suggest that we kind of wrap it up. Well, yeah. I'll wrap it up on this. Okay. And I want to go back to what you, you originally asked. Okay. Not the deductible. <laughs> that does does your past control your life and i would i i would say this your past controls your life if you are a lazy person your past may influence aspects of your life but will not control your life if you are willing to work at becoming better than where you are. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.